and welcome to my hearth. Now this particular episode of the podcast is a very strange title. Who did I think I was? And obviously that's based on the wonderful BBC series, Who Do You Think You Are? And I suppose it's because what happened to me one day was a little bit of a surprise. Because quite a long while ago now, I had worked for a time as a teacher in state education. Uh, I was eligible for a teacher's pension. And when it was coming up, they asked me for my birth certificate. And I had one of those strange out-of-body experiences when I thought, you know, I don't remember my birth certificate. I think I may have seen a copy of one somewhere, but I don't know where it is. And I thought, I think I need to investigate getting a new copy. That must be possible. Nowadays, you have to get your birth certificate through the passport office. And I thought, oh, well, that's OK. I have a passport and I've had a passport since I was a little boy. I think I may have said in a previous podcast that my father worked for the Zurich Insurance Company. And at the time when he joined, which is in between the wars, the Zurich Insurance Company was based in Zurich. The clue is in the title. And so therefore, he was classed as working for a Swiss company. And he was there for many years. In fact, I've got a photograph of him playing for the Zurich Insurance football team. And it is quite unnerving to see this group of men wearing football jerseys that have got a Z on, looking like something out of a George Orwell novel. Anyway, it meant that from being a very tiny baby, I had to be available to go abroad because his work took him abroad. And at that particular time, infants were added to the passport of their parents. In my case, I was on my mum's passport. It also had other advantages for my father working for a Swiss company because in the war, although he was called up in 1938 and didn't get out until 1946, the whole time he was in the British Army and receiving a British Army salary, he was also receiving his salary from the Zurich Insurance Company. Switzerland were neutral in the Second World War, and so, although their employees were not available for work, the Zurich Insurance Company still paid them. It would have been lovely had my father received the salary, but unfortunately it was sent to his home address, and his mum, as was her little ways, managed to get hold of it. Anyway, that's a by the by. So let's go back to the problem of my birth certificate. When I got older and achieved the right age, 
I was immediately issued with an adult passport. And because I'd already had a passport from being born, I didn't actually apply for it. So I didn't need a birth certificate for that particular eventuality. So here I am at an advanced age, awaiting a birth certificate, and did the application. I got a letter from the passport office after several weeks, which just said, Dear Mr Harris, thank you for your application. We're terribly sorry, but we can't find you. Officially, you don't exist. Now, like any Hitchcock movie, that's a little bit unnerving to find out that officially you don't exist. And I was thinking that's a bit odd. I have a national insurance number. I've been working since I was 17. Why do I not exist? I knew that there was a little bit of confusion about my birth because I was born in the garden in Holbridge in Essex. My mum thought I was wind. And afterwards I was immediately taken up to Cumberland to be baptised. So I knew that I had a bit of a dual existence in that I was born in one county and baptised in another. And there were various documents which couldn't quite deal with that. But I've always declared when asked to fill in forms, that I was born in the district of Rochford in Essex, and I knew that that had bitten at some point, because when I got to be 11, I was contacted by a school in Essex to say that I had qualified for a boarding place at their school because I was born in Essex. So someone must have known. However, that didn't solve the problem of me getting a birth certificate because without a proper entry in a parish record or whatever they call them for births, I was in trouble. I contacted the powers that be and they said, we will give you a phone call to find out if we can prove in other ways who you are. So we made a date and a time for that phone call to happen, and I awaited with bated breath. A very pleasant person came onto the line and said, now what we have to do, Mr Harris, is ask you various questions. And I said, well, I hope I can answer them. I've already said that my family were very secretive about aspects of my family life. So I was hoping that the questions weren't too probing or literally something I'd have to say that I didn't know the answer to. And luckily the person said, don't worry, there is a set procedure for these questions, but if you don't know the answer, just say, I'm sorry, I don't know. I was thinking at the time, if there are many people like me, who need to prove their existence, they also must be in the situation of not knowing themselves. Anyway, I thought, well, I will have a go. 
So they said, could you give me your full name? Which I did. Uh, and your father's name? Which I did. And they said, and he was born in Clapton Pond in London. I did know that. And I was able to say, yes, that's true. So I thought, well, at least we're on the right track here. And then they haven't got a different Charles Harris. I was thinking, I expect they're going to ask me about William Crispin Harris. And I did know some things about him, although, again, his life was very complicated because his mum had been married twice. And within the family, he had a half-brother. So I was hoping that my thinking cap was on and I could remember any particular references to them and could answer them. So the nice person asked me about William Crispin Harris and said, and he was born in Crosby in Liverpool. And I said, yes, that's correct. And I'm thinking, oh, I think I've done it. And his father was called Henry Campbell Harris. And I said, yes, that's right. And I was about to say, well done, when they said, and he was born in Philadelphia in America. I was so surprised that I said, what? Because no one in my entire life ever had said that my father's grandfather was an American. Why did my father not say? Surely something so significant would have come up. The more I heard, the more I did not know how to answer. Luckily, the passport people had his marriage certificate as being in Liverpool. And at least I could agree with that. They also knew about my father's uncle, my grandfather's half-brother, Uncle Charlie Elliot, as we called him. And therefore, there were enough points of proof, as they called it, for them to be able to issue me with a birth certificate. And I did ask, why was I not in the official record? I did find out that there was an entry in the record, but it wasn't under the name Crispin, C-R-I-S-P-I-N, but had been written down as Crishoin, C-R-I-S-O-I-N. And I immediately wondered whether my mum had had something to do with that. Perhaps it was an Irish version of my name. And that's because she had not wanted me to be called Crispin. It certainly wasn't because she disliked her father-in-law, my dad's dad, because actually he was the loveliest man possible, apparently. No, it was because she was worried that if I was called Crispin, I might get teased at the time because Crispin was such an unusual name. Now, my father 
really liked the name of Crispin. Obviously, he liked his dad. But also, my dad was a bit obsessed with Shakespeare and loved all the Henry V stuff about St Crispin's Day because St Crispin's Day is the Battle of Agincourt and it's in the play of Henry V. My mum had wanted me to have an Irish name. In fact, it was Sean, but spelt the Irish way, S-H-A-U-G-H-A-N. And I think she was eventually persuaded against that because she thought that I would forever be having to spell it because of the bigger popularity of the Scottish spelling, S-E-A-N, like Sean Connery. However, had she known that my entire life I have to spell Crispin out to people, and in fact many people try and put an H in it, because especially in places like Northamptonshire, it's used as a surname and often has an H in it. In fact, I have two lovely friends whose surname is Crispin, and in fact, they call me without an H, and I call them with an H. So to cut a long story short, eventually I did get my birth certificate with the right name on it and the right spelling, and I was able to get my very small teacher's pension. But in discovering that my great-grandfather was American, yet again it made me want to find out more about my family and why, if he had been born in America, he ended up back again in Liverpool. There are so many weird things in people's lives that they don't always get an answer to, but I thought that this was very much worthy of investigation and it added to my list of things that I need to find out. And so, more of this next time.